Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. 20-some years ago, we had Sony Walkman, right? We, we had Boys to Men, and we had George Clooney. We live in this world where there is rapid, ongoing change. But there are still a few things that don't change. Are you familiar with the whole paperless movement? Take a look. Emma. Emma. Not Emma. Every day it's getting on my nerves. Emma. Oh, I'm Emma. Emma. Yeah, a lot of things change, but there are some things that should not. Well, comfortably not. Here's what we're doing. We're teaching through the last book that's found in the Old Testament. It's the book of Malachi, and we're up to chapter 3. We get to the second passage in chapter 3. It begins with these words. It's verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. Personally, I think that's good news. Because that means even when everything around me seems to be changing, there is one thing I can count on. There is one thing I can trust. There is one thing that will not change, the character of our God. He will always love you. He will always have the power to deliver you. He will always have the strength to sustain you. He will always have the wisdom to guide you. He will always have the authority to forgive you. You can count on God. He did not change. He does not change. And he will not change. He was the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he will still be the same tomorrow. You know, maybe today you've got some challenging things going on in your life. Maybe this... Maybe this is God's word for you today. There's more in the passage, but maybe for you, God's saying, here's what I want you to hear today. You can count on me. I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Just embrace that. Well, this passage does continue. Verse 7, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. God says, see, there's another thing that hasn't changed people. I love them, but they have this tendency to not trust me. They keep thinking that their way is better than my way. Verse 7 continues. He says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Even when we blow him off, God doesn't give up on us. God, he doesn't quit on us. God, he's inviting his people into a vibrant relationship with him. Verse 7 continues. But you ask, how are we to return? Good question. 
See, they want to know how to return to God. They've been, you know, doing their own things. So they're like, okay, God, we want to get closer to you. How should we do it? How do we return to you? God, what do you want? And God's answer to them here in Malachi chapter three, it may surprise you because God, he doesn't ask them to pray and God, he doesn't ask them to go to church more often. And God, he doesn't ask them to read the Bible more. God brings up the issue of money. Gulp. God gets painstakingly practical here. Saying, if you want to know how to get closer to me, let's take a look at your finances. Verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. In those days, the storehouse, it was the temple, it was the local church, and a tithe, it comes from a Hebrew word that literally means a tenth part, or the tenth percent. So tithing is bringing 10% of our income back to God. See, a tithe isn't spontaneously giving some here and some there when I moved, when I feel like it, or when I've got some extra. A tithe is giving a fixed percentage right off the top. That's this, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. You want to know the number one reason followers of Jesus give for not obeying God on this one? Here it is. I don't have enough money. Here's the myth that we tell ourselves. When I make more, then I'll give more. Statistically, that's just not true. Look at these findings. People who make less than $25,000 a year give on average about 7.7% of their income. Wait, okay, well, let's look at the next category. People who make between $25,000 and $50,000 a year, they give about 4.6% of their income. That's less. People who make between fifty dollars and $75,000 annually give away about 3.5%. That's less. People who make between 75000 and 100000 give about 3% away. That's less. People who make between 100000 and 200000 give away about 2.6%. That's less. Here's what the research actually indicates. The more money a person makes, the less likely they are to tithe. So... How does that happen? They they have more. They have more money. How does that happen? Simple. The more we make, the more we spend. We just start ratcheting up our lifestyle. You know, this concept of, well, I'll give more when when I make more. This theory is just not reality. It doesn't get easier because our wants and our desires get bigger. God, God knows us. God knows our nature. He knows that this concept of of tithing and percentage giving, he knows that this was good for us. See, it's God's idea to keep us from getting into a self-absorbed life. 
It's God's idea to limit our lifestyle. It's God's idea to discipline our spending. And it's an important part of our spiritual development and of our faith. Let's keep going. The passage continues. Verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, well, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Robbing God. That's some really strong language. Let's dig into this. True story. A couple of guys attempted to rob this. Big old tourist bus. These monster buses, they can hold 250 gallons of fuel. So these two guys, they staked out out a a popular stopping point. And when the coast was clear, they they went, they pried the cap off of the lid to the storage tank. They stick their siphon hose down into the tank. And then they start sucking on the hose, you know, to get the siphoning process working. Well, one very significant miscalculation. These tour buses have more than one storage tank. (laughs) Yeah, I saw you know where this is going. They don't just store fuel. They also store human waste. These two guys, they stuck their siphon in the toilet tank. Well, police came to the site, and here's what the police officer on the site wrote on his telling what had happened. He said this, The thieves made a very hasty retreat with a somewhat bitter taste in their mouth. Well, it ends up, the tour bus owner, he didn't press charges and had no desire to re- get the, the stolen merchandise returned. <laughs> Let that go. Well, verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. See, when these people weren't tithing, God didn't say, hey, you know, you guys, you're not following me. And God didn't say, hey, hey, people, you're not, you're you're disobeying me on this one. That's not the language he used. God said, you're robbing me. God used this language of theft. And so why? That's really unusual for the Bible. Why is he using that kind of language? Well, I think it's because God is saying, you're thinking about your stuff in the wrong way and from the wrong perspective. You can't rob yourself. You can't steal what is already yours. See, we live with this illusion that it's mine. But Malachi is showing it's really not. It's his. It's all his. Look closely at what God is teaching in this. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That doesn't say give the tithe. That says, bring the tithe, because the tithe doesn't belong to us. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That doesn't say, bring your tithe. That says, bring the tithe, the whole tithe, because the tithe, it doesn't belong to us. We bring the tithe because we trust and we obey. See, anything more than a tithe, that's what the Bible refers to as a gift. Okay, not done yet. And warning, this passage gets a little worse before it gets better. 
Just throwing that out there. Verse 8 continues. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation, because you are robbing me. I read this and I think, money, giving, tithing, and now let's throw in a curse. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Can we just skip this passage? You know, maybe you're thinking, man, I sure did pick the wrong week to show up at church. <laughs> you know, it, this passage, it's, it's in here. What do we do with it? Now, in addition to all that, we get a curse thrown in. Well, to start with this, the curse, don't go all Harry Potter on this one. Okay, the curse, th- this doesn't mean that God is, you know, casting an evil spell on people who don't tithe. I think it's God's way of saying this world has been designed and created. It works in a certain way. See, our behaviors, they have natural consequences. When we keep and we use all that we have on ourselves, our soul withers. A self-absorbed life cannot sustain a meaning-filled life. Why? Because you and I, we have been created for more than that. Consuming thing after thing after thing after thing that will never lead to a life of joy and it will never lead to a life of purpose. You know, it's not an accident that the word miserable comes from the word miser. To be a miser Self-consumed with money leads to misery, always has, always will. See, that's what Malachi 3 tells us happens when we don't tithe. So what happens when we do tithe? Well, that's in here too. The simple answer is we get blessed. Malachi 3, remarkably clear, verse 10. See, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. We have to be careful here. This This doesn't mean give to Jesus and you'll be rich and have a three-car garage. Not saying that. There's a popular false teaching called the prosperity gospel. And prosperity teachers use this passage to claim you can't outgive God. If you give God $100, he'll find a way to turn that around and and bless you tenfold with $1,000. Give and God will give you more back. No, that, that, that isn't loving God. That's loving money and using God to get more money. That's not this. In Malachi chapter three, God is showing us that generosity, it may not put more money in a bank account, but it is the key to enlarging our soul. Because giving, it changes us. It changes us in ways that that money and things can't buy. 
I mean, just look at this passage. Just look at these people in Malachi. Throughout this whole book, they've been arguing and they've been questioning and they've been discontent. Well, they finally get to this place. Verse 7, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? They're saying, God, if we want to grow spiritually... God, we, we've been away from you. We've been doing our own thing. But God, right now, we, we want to have the peace that only you provide. God, we want to grow closer to you. How can we do that? What should we do? Well, notice, God doesn't say, well, get your heart right and then start giving. He says, start giving because he knows that giving will create a heart that is right. Giving changes things. It changes us. You know, if you're not sure that you agree with the Bible on this one, just do a little experiment. Think about somebody that you know, somebody in your life, who, who is the most generous person that you know? I mean, think through people. Who's the most generous person that you personally know? You got it? Because here's what I'm going to guess. I am going to guess that that person is also one of the most joy-filled loving, thankful, grateful people that you know. Because when we get beyond living for self, life takes on a much fuller, deeper, richer meaning. Verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now that we know what that means, how does it apply? I want to offer three different applications today, and you pick which one God is speaking to you. Application number one, the tithing challenge. If you're a follower of Jesus, have you ever tried to tithe? Don't go through your entire life without even ever having tried this. I mean, God knows that it's scary and he knows that it's counterintuitive. I think that's why this is the only place in the Bible where God invites us to test him. So do that. Test him. Try it and see what happens. Give God, give it 90 days. Try it for 90 days. See what happens. And then at that point, you know, you can reassess. Application number two, the start somewhere challenge. You know, maybe you're like, man, a tithe, that, that is just too big of a stretch. That's okay. Start somewhere with something. You know, everybody is welcome at the ridge, regardless of whether you give or not. And God, his love for us and his desire to be in relationship with us is not dependent on what we do with money. And I hope you've noticed by now that when it comes to, to money, the ridge, aside from this passage, we're a really low-pressure church with this one. We don't even pass offering baskets. You know, this isn't a cash grab for the church or any kind of a, a scheme. It's simply the next passage up as we're teaching through this book of Malachi. 
full disclosure, the church, the church does need gifts and money. 100%, you know, of the money that the church has, it all comes from the gifts of, of people. This church does need money in order to thrive and do certain things. You know, last week we celebrated 250,000 meals that this church has provided through Meals for the Heartland. Wonderful, amazing thing. Also understand this, that food, well, we buy it, we pay for it. And we we pay to ship it and we pay to send it. These things, they do take Money to pull them off. Ridge Kids, well, it takes money. Youth Group takes money. You know, feeding program in Ghana. All of these things take will take money. But God, He has always provided enough generous somebodies to meet our needs. And if that's you, thank you. And if that's not you, God is inviting you to try. He wants to show you that he's worthy of your trust. He wants to show you that his way is even better. He wants to show you that he will provide. Application number two, start small. Malachi encourages us to try a percentage, maybe 1%, maybe 2%, something, anything. Then if God provides and proves faithful with that, consider trusting him with a little bit more. Put him to the test. I believe it will deepen your faith and be a blessing in your life. Application number three, the beyond tithing challenge. Some of you, you're in a position to do more than tithe. And in suburban America, if we curb our consumerism, this can be many of us. You know, I I know a person who reverse tithes. That's, I'm going to live on 10% and I'm going to give away 90%. I know people who give, you know, 20% or 30% or 40%. Maybe God is inviting you to move beyond a tithe into the deeper life of generosity. Verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You know how we roll at the ridge. I didn't pick this passage. I realize that this feeds into negative stereotypes that some people have of the church. And that that's why I have not been looking forward to teaching this passage. And quite frankly, I'm glad I'm almost done. <laughs> but... We do believe that the Bible is God's word. All of it. We're teaching through the book of Malachi, and that is in here. What God is saying in Malachi 3 may not be likable, and it may not be comfortable, but it is quite clear. Is God speaking to you in this? Verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Test me. Test me. 
don't go through your whole life without ever trying. You know, maybe you trust God in other areas of your life. Are you in this one? Well, the tithing challenge, the start somewhere challenge, the beyond a tithe challenge, give one of these a try for 90 days. Just 90 days. See, I think at the end of 90 days, some of you, you're going to say, I didn't know what I was missing. You know, I, I have believed in God, and I have gone to, to church, and I have read the Bible, but I have never experienced what it's like to put God first and trust God with my money. I was scared, but I tried, I tested, and now I am experiencing God in some very profound ways. He's changing me. I'm so grateful to be a part of this generosity adventure. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would apply this to each person. Show us what does this mean for our lives. And God, in the moments ahead, we want to recognize that giving and generosity, it's not just something you encourage us to do. It is who you are. Thank you. God, thank you for how you have given to us. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for creating us, for making us. Thank you for putting people into our lives that have been a blessing to us. Thank you for ways that you've provided for us. Thank you for ways that you have forgiven us. Thank you for ways that you have protected us. And God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you gave Jesus. And Jesus, thank you that when you came, you weren't just focused on you. Thank you that you were focused on us. Thank you for serving. Thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for that empty tomb. God, we thank you for your generosity. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the grace that you give to us. Thank you for the peace that you provide for us. Thank you for the promises that you give to us. We are grateful. We give our worship, we give our thanks to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday, and we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends, and also jump on our website, ridgelife.org, to get more connected here at the Ridge.